Welcome to Let Go, Lean In, my podcast designed with transformational leaders like you in mind. I'm Lise Lewis, your transformational leadership coach. In each episode, you'll find help growing awareness of your mindset as a leader, be equipped with a tool to let go of unrealistic expectations and self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of your one precious life. My goal is for you to thrive as you lean in toward the leadership call God has put on your life. Join me and other leaders as we let go and lean in together. I'm really excited to share this conversation with Yuri Kruman today as you are listening to Let Go Lean In podcast. Yuri is our first male guest and he has so much to offer you in your leadership and your work and your life. He talks about his new book, How to Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief, which is available on Kindle right now, but will be coming out in June. It will be an amazing resource, honestly, and you'll hear more about it in our conversation today. But the category of his book is Personal Behavioral Economics. And oh my goodness, it's so fascinating to listen to how he has applied Maslow's hierarchy of needs to our developmental processes and our interactions with people. He talks about working with individuals in organizations with an action called the User's Guide to Self, where he invites a person to unpack some of their preferences and how that can benefit a team. You'll want to listen to that. That's at about minute 25 in our conversation. And then he shares a quote that I love from Mark Twain, the two most important days of your life, the day you're born and the day you figure out why. And Yuri is giving us some tools to do that very thing. So listen in. Today, I'm very thrilled to introduce you to my first male podcast guest, Yuri Kruman. Hi, Yuri. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And I'm really excited to have you share a bit, not only about your leadership journey, but also what you know is possible for women because of the strong women in your own life. So this is Uh going to be a really great conversation. And folks, I'd like to um, introduce you to Yuri by reading his bio. And so forgive me that I'm reading, but hopefully I'll have enough inflection that it will sound good. Here we go. Yuri is an award-winning interim CHRO and chief people officer, CEO of HR, talent and systems consulting, top-rated executive coach board member, startup advisor, and official member of the Newsweek Expert Forum and Forbes, excuse me, Coaches Council. That sounds amazing. As well as contributor to Forbes, entrepreneur, and Newsweek. Yuri consults and coaches Fortune 500 and Inc. 5000 C-suites. 
on HR operations and business strategy. He is the author of What Millennials Really Want from Work and Life, which sounds like an amazing book, and Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief, which is coming out soon. Yuri has spoken at EY, Google, UPenn, Columbia, and NYU, among many others. He has appeared on NBC's Tipping Point and numerous top podcasts. And I am 100% honored to have you as my first male guest, but as a guest at all. Thank you so much for being willing to come on. Glad to be here, Lisa. Thank you very much for having me as a guest. Yeah, we had a great uh, phone conversation getting to know one another a bit a few weeks ago, and I'm really looking forward to hearing you tell a bit of your story so that the listeners can get acquainted with you and then be uh, eager to get a hold of your writing and perhaps depending on their situation, asking you to come and speak. So this is, this is great stuff. So just um, rewind in your mind a little bit and Let's hear an early awareness that you had of yourself as a leader. I always love this part of my conversations. Well, um, I have a, a very strange first um, memory of quote-unquote leadership. Um, in first grade, I was in a play. In the play, I was the king. I was sitting on a backless throne. This was back in Soviet Russia, so don't be surprised <laughs> if the props don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I have this very clear picture. I'm in first grade. I'm on stage. I'm wearing this robe and this crown. <clears throat> and yeah, the, the chair is backless. And I remember very, very clearly I'm on stage and I absolutely forget all my lines. <laughs> that was, that's, that's, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's traumatic or not traumatic. Maybe we can laugh about it now. Yeah. But that's, for some reason, that was like, um, a picture of leadership in my mind. Of course, I had many other examples where, I don't know, when I was nine, uh, we just immigrated from uh, Soviet Russia to Kentucky of all places. Wow. And um, I had to be my mom's kind of, you know, I mean, she's a scientist, so she, her English is actually quite good, is always has been, but um, she's, you know, not always the most self-confident person. So I had to kind of pick up the phone, you know, hi, I'm such and such, more or less impersonate my mom. So like, we, we want to buy a car. So can you bring the car? We'll write the check. So I was nine and, you know, we bought a car. Wow. Otherwise we were, you know, these like um, immigrants walking on the road to Kroger, uh, three miles each way, whatever, you know, the, the oh, usual yeah. usual sort of thing. Everyone's like, what, what is, what, what are these people? What are they? Anyway. And then yeah, when- um, walks anymore? And so I imagine, yeah. you know, that would have been really unusual. In middle America, it's downright bizarre. Yeah. In New York, people walk everywhere, right? Anyway, so when I was 15, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, well, when we lived in Manhattan, you know, uh, when we had just the one kid, you know, all those kinds of programs. But uh, Brooklyn, yeah, you, thank God we have three kids now. It's a little bit different um, kind of story. You know, we need a car, obviously. Um, but yeah, everyone everyone is walking here. No one walks in middle America. <laughs> and you started to say something about when you were 15. I'm sorry I interrupted you. That's okay. Um, yeah. So when I was 15, um, I, I don't know where this came from, but one day I'm like, mom, you know what? Why don't we buy a house? Like, what are you crazy? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow with my job. Like, you know, very kind of Soviet thinking. Yeah. I don't know what's going to be tomorrow. So let's, let's play small. Like, no, um, 
we need to buy a house. We're Americans now. And I don't know. So I had to run around and figure out how the, the whole mortgage thing works and, you know, visit houses and all that stuff. And in the end, like, okay, mom, here's the story. Here's what the mortgage says, the application and the contract. Like, let's just sign it. Let's go. So we got our first house that way. At 15, you yeah. learned all the process of what it takes to buy a house. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't sign up for this stuff, right? But when you're an immigrant and your mom's, uh, you know, your mom's helper, there's nobody else. It's it's, yeah. it's you or nobody. That's so amazing. That's kind of like being my mom's right hand, more or less, you know, since I was a little kid, because my parents divorced. My, my sister is nine years older, so she left, kind of did her own thing. Right. When you have no choice, you got to, you know, you don't think of yourself as a leader. You just think of yourself as like, there's no choice. It's either, you know, either I do this or nobody does it. It's either I figure it out or we get screwed over. Right. So, right. you know, for a long time, I didn't think of myself as really a leader. It was just like, look, um, okay. I mean, I'm, I've been exposed to a lot of different things from an early age mm -hmm. because there was nobody else. I'm like, you know, I'm the quote unquote man of the house because... Right. You know, I got I got to do my stuff, and then only later did I realize that actually this is a massive reserve of what leadership is. You are not afraid to jump in the deep end. Again, you just trust yourself. You rely on yourself. The flip side is you're not very good at asking for help, which is mm. a very Soviet trait because you don't you don't really trust people because you know they're gonna screw you over. Yeah, that sort of thing. But that's that's what leadership uh, to me was from an early age. It was like, I'm very cynical about leaders because as a, you know, Soviet product, mm -hmm. leadership usually means, um, you know, that you're stealing or you're, you know, very, very kind of black and white kinds of thinking about most right. subjects, including this one. Yeah. And I wonder because, you know, you've been very involved in helping people develop in their work life and their mm -hmm. skill set and things. What has changed for you or has anything changed for you about your leadership perspective? That, that's fascinating. Mercifully, thankfully, yes, it's changed quite a bit. Um, mm. I would say that the, the first step was asking for help, mm. right? Um, and at the same time, um, not, not letting go of my own expectations of myself, sort of in, in a way. And on the other hand, not expecting much from other people, right? So it's uh. not to be disappointed. Except, very important caveat, by law, by contract, or by, let's say, religious edict, if you will. Gotcha. Um, and that's that's very important because if you meet a stranger and you expect them to be, you know, right at your level and for them to understand you, no way. There's no chance. Right. If you engage with a vendor and you want the vendor to go out of their way to, to service you in an excellent way, you're going to be disappointed. Right. In fact, if you have the same expectations of people that are your loved ones that are closest to you, 300% you're going to be disappointed. So on some level, you have to take a step back and say, look, I actually, the only things I really expect of myself are not that, you know, I have to be president one day or I have to be, you know, the commander of the army. Yeah. It's, it's more, look, I have high standards, right? So I know that I will default to my standards and my training mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I am always improving. I'm always getting better. I'm very far from perfect. I'll be the first to, to tell anybody, right? And I talk about this ad nauseum in my books and on my podcasts and all that stuff. I, I feel like I have to be an open book if I'm going to be 
a good leader. I have to mm. tell my stories. I have to be very frank that I've failed in pretty much every single thing you can possibly imagine, whether that's finances, career, business, um, understanding myself, um, relationships, you name it, right? There's no, there's no way to magically drop, you know, in a place where kumbaya, everything is great and wonderful and you know, you're only with the right people and you're doing exactly what you love and, you know, you've got uh, millions in the bank. No, I'm sorry, but the vast majority of people don't really end up in that place without massive struggle and and all kinds of, you know, dead ends and and misunderstandings and all of that stuff. So, Yeah. yeah. And the other, the flip side is that if you're born with it, you know, you don't appreciate it because mm-hmm. you don't have that sense of contrast where I came from and where I've, how far I've come. It's so true. Those, those are really great realizations. And I think to, to your point about leaders and n- needing to identify and acknowledge, Hey, I, this, I screwed up in this. This did not work the way that I thought it would go, and mm-hmm. it certainly didn't, you know, thrive the way that I hoped it would. To be honest like that, and and to be able to communicate that to other people, this is a part of being a leader. Being an open book, as you said, is you know within different leadership styles, transformational leadership, especially, mm-hmm. you're always learning and growing, and you're letting people know that it's a process. And you're inviting them into that process and providing them with tools and, and opportunities for their own growth, if they're willing. You know, what I'm hearing you say, humility is a big piece of being a leader to be able to admit, right, that, hey, this, yep. this didn't work. So when you think about uh, leadership and helping people develop, I'm, I just would love to hear more about the upcoming book that you have, Becoming Your Own Commander-in-Chief. I mean, that just sounds, okay, I'm going to, you know, and you said, you know, it's not that that necessarily is the goal, but you must have a, a wealth of stories and maybe some skills to pass on to people. So I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit about the process of writing it and, sure. and what the book's about. So. Let me start with what it's about and then I'll talk about process. Um, the book is, imagine, so the, the classic image is, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So it's kind yeah. of this mountain, it tapers toward the top. Right. Imagine you have a similar kind of mountain, but you're, you're climbing up and the path, you know, maybe it's not straightforward. It's, it's, it starts at what is all this about? First of all, let's zoom out. Yeah. It's all about language and psychology, because for me, that's mm-hmm. the the kind of lowest common denominator that we all have to have at a decent level. If we're going to communicate, you know, make ourselves understood. <clears throat> so it's four conversations. Okay. You start at the bottom of the mountain. It's all about your conversation with your body. Okay. Mm. And it's you don't have to be LeBron James spending a million dollars a year on your body. God bless. It's awesome. Great things to learn <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <clears throat> you know, and we're not all endurance athletes and right. we are not all billionaires. You know, few of us have those kinds of resources. You don't really need all of that. You just need an understanding of an 80, 20 perspective of how to do uh. your fitness, your nutrition, your breathing, your biorhythms, your sleep, right? It's, it, right. it's not rocket science. So that's the first place to start. At the bottom, take care of your body, your your health, how how you see things for yourself, given mm. your genetics, epigenetics, so on and so forth. Okay. 
right? Going up the mountain, you go up to the second layer, that's mental models and life skills. Okay, so that's uh -huh. the house that you have up here. And usually for the vast majority of us, that house is cluttered. Oh, yeah. There may be, you know, thousands of rooms, but most of us hang out in one or two. And we don't even see through the window because there's just so much junk and there's so much stress and everything is about right. you know, a very narrow viewpoint. So you get to a point at some point in adulthood where you say, you know what, I, I can't, I, I, I know that there's a lot more to this, but I, I don't remember what those other rooms look mm -hmm. like. Mm. I don't remember the view. I, I, I need to get out, right? So that's when usually, <laughs> let me find a coach. Let me, you know, get right. a consultant, rebuild my brand, so all that good. stuff. Yeah. What are these mental models and life skills? Okay. First of all, the, the biggest chapter in the book is about biases and notions. And mm. you know, in our modern world, it's all about, you know, are you black? Are you white? Are you some shade in between? Right. That's not what this is. It's not about your bias towards other people. Although, of course, that's a big part too. It's about your biases toward yourself. Yeah. Right. I mean, the the number of biases that have been that have been identified are, you know, well beyond, I think, 150. And I, I discuss actually each one of them, because the more aware you are of each one and, and how to start addressing it, the clearer your view becomes, the less clutter you have, the less you you are a slave to action reaction. Right. Mm -hmm. So most mm -hmm. most people, unfortunately, as they get older, they, they become this kind of automatic process, like action reaction, action reaction. Right. Yeah. Slow yeah. down the time. Wait a minute. You, you can always, if you have nothing else in the world, you can modulate three things. Thoughts, speech, and actions. Yes. I don't care how poor you are, how stressed, you can always modulate those three things. So don't be, you know, a slug, right, with one neuron. Don't right. right. <laughs> Make sure you, you take the time, slow it down. And, and I think about it like this. I was talking with my wife a few days ago. I'm like, look, imagine if you had a chance to let's say you're wearing i don't know those google glass things right oh, you have a little, right. little pixel in your in your the corner of your vision field okay yeah and you're able to click into that little pixel and it opens up and it shows you okay you can react in any of of these ways it's a spectrum right it's it's a little speedometer if you will okay right. and usually let's say your your tendencies to say okay something makes me uh, all the way down on the pedal, right? Exactly. Okay, slow down. You can go a little bit and say, okay, I have boundaries. I'm not going to accept this behavior, but I don't need to lash out. I don't need to get crazy. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So imagine again, whatever you're, whatever you're dealing with, you know, everyone has career issues, financial issues, business issues. You can always decide that, okay, I'm not going to be a product of my conditioning. I'm not a, I'm not a, mm. I'm not Pavlov's dog. Right. Right. So I can choose, okay, what happens between these two? Choice. Let me slow the time down and let me apply all of these different mental models that I'm picking up. So things like how to manage time, right. how to manage your expectations, manage your stress, manage your finances, your business, your career. Right. Right. And how do I make decisions? Right. What's my paradigm of making decisions in the most sound way? Right. What do yeah. I know? What do I not yeah. know? what's important to me and, and how to go through those layers. And once you, you do it once, it's easier the second time. It becomes a muscle that you, right. that you practice. Absolutely. So that's that's number two. Going up the mountain, you have three, which is dealing with other people. And that's more classical mm -hmm. coaching subjects. The book started out actually, speaking of process, um, it was called Mastering the Talk to Master Your Life. 
Oh. And I was just discussing, you know, the classical things like, I don't know, how do you negotiate? How do you ace your interview? Um, start relationships, manage relationships, you know, with your advisor, investor, employee, employer, managing up, managing down. Right. And I realized at some point, I don't, I don't want to write just another book about these classical subjects. I mean, there's a million, you know, a million books out there talking about these things in great depth, you know, as, as a group, I realized, you know, I had this insight. I'm, I'm, you know, for whatever reason, I think that God gave me this gift, like more or less just sitting on my plate. I, I, I had a duty to write it down. Ah, uh, yeah. Gotcha. I mean, God, universe, you name it. That's whatever your uh, I know, right? framework we, is. We hold that open for people to, to find their Absolutely. place. Yeah. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, it, it dawned on me that I'm missing three-fourths of the picture. I really have to fill in the other three. Ah, gotcha. Right? So without without health and, and the conversation with the body, I'm, you know, that you can't write an honest book and say, well, it's all about figuring out, you know, how you schmooze with other people. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but That's no. That's a piece of it. Yeah, you've yeah. got to have the foundation, like you said. This exactly. is great. I love this. Yep. So for me, I, just being an immigrant, it's, it's my personality. I've always been, you know, consumed with language and psychology. Mm. Actually, this, this book is, um, I'd like to think, I haven't found anybody else describe it this way, but it's personal behavioral economics. Right? Oh, I like so that. Yes. If you, if if you, you really think, understand uh -huh. economics, then you can see how, the, oh, that's good. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So, so, so unpack it a little bit more, please, because I, exactly. I love that idea. That's awesome. Yep. So the goal is essentially to set up your life in a, your life. It's not, you know, it's not on a policy level. It's not politics. Um, it's not, um, it's not prescriptive. Know, dealing... Tell exactly. people how to do this is mm -hmm. your opportunity, right? Exactly. So you have to account for, yes, things like your biases, your notions about yourself and how the world works, right? Your propensity to, let's say, uh, grab the first fatty or sugary thing that you see, Right. Um, or how, how do you leverage, let's say, your laziness? Because <laughs> by, by nature, I'm pretty lazy, right? Yeah, like the minimum right, effort, lazy. you know, that's, that's fine. That's probably a function of some intelligence, they yeah. say at least. Yeah. Um, so the point is, how do you leverage the things that are really bad, bad? Somebody says it's bad. I don't say it's bad. You're lazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm resourceful. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. So how do you leverage that where it, it, you know, on paper, it should bother you. And on paper, it's mm -hmm. a bad thing. How do you leverage certain habits of yours that are maybe not optimal in order okay. to change your behavior in the best way? I'll give you a very simple example. I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew. Um, and one of my things is I have to say, you know, I have to wash my hands and I have to say a blessing on bread. Very simple, right? Yeah. So for me, that's something that's not negotiable. Like that's one of my values and I have to do it. Right. But I'm lazy and I know that bread may not be the best thing for me. Like, you know, I, mm. I may be, I may be hungry, but I know I shouldn't eat bread because it might cause reflux, whatever, weight issues. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So my excuse for not eating bread is that, Hey, I'm lazy. I don't want to wash and I don't want to say the blessing. And I don't want to say the blessing after the meal either. So, you know, I, I turned it into something that's, actually a positive instead of saying oh i'm i'm lazy i don't want like I'll, I'll just i'm not gonna do it for health reasons and then it's it's suddenly it's like oh it takes on meaning right this so there are many ways to flip this make this yeah. flip make the switch in your mind where 
okay, it looks like, you know, I get very angry at X situation. Okay. Cause I was traumatized. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So instead of letting yourself get angry, channel that energy. Don't bottle up the energy because that's even much worse for you, right? If, if you like, right. suddenly you don't react and you have all kinds of health issues from that, you don't want that. Right. Channel the, the anger. Let's say you're, you're hungry in the morning, so you're hangry. <laughs> yeah, right. You're hangry. And instead of you know, going and, and lashing out at people, go exercise channel your energy into exercise or you know what if you love writing channel that hanger h-a-n-g-e-r into your writing yeah because you know that you need to get out the energy and you can gauge just by observing what is going to do that very well and what's not going to do it very well right get away from people don't lash out at them just write it down take a walk and you channel your energy and you exercise and it's something good for you. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, even right. if it looks bad. I, I love everything that you're saying reminds me so much of, of just, and I know as a coach, you've probably used this term a lot, but the idea of self-limiting beliefs, right? We, yeah. The way that we take in a message about being lazy, for example, and and that's a negative thing, but to be able to see that it it is a gift that you're observing and figuring out how to be resourceful. And, you know, it's, this is a lot of what coaching helps people do is, is to look at how they're seeing something Mm -hmm. and to invite them to say, what else is true? And, and just to, you know, be able to give them science, like your book is doing and showing, you know, here's the body, here's the mental processes, you know, here, here are the ways that you interact with other people and options, because back to what you said about this room, and I can't even see out, we so often are so cluttered in our mind and our way, patterns of thinking and, and reaction, instead of giving that space for responses. I, I love this. I can't wait to get a hold of your book, which if I'm correct, the ebook is out and your hard copy is coming in June. Early, early June looks like. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I will make sure that everybody knows how to get connected with that because honestly, it sounds so not only thorough, but foundational. Because you know, using the the uh, pyramid of high of the hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy yep. of needs, you've got this base you got to deal with. You can't get up here to self actualization unless you take care of your basics and you move up the mountain, as as you mentioned. So that's so cool, Yuri. You have interacted with thousands of people and helped them in developing. Is there? you know, out of all the things that you have learned and, and, you know, applied to your own life, is there one particular tool that you have been equipped with that you think the listeners would be, you know, really eager to implement into their own life and leadership? Yes, absolutely. Um, there's one that I always, <clears throat> excuse me, that I use when I go into an organization as a consultant, as a mm-hmm. head of HR. <clears throat> Forgive me. Um, the first, it's called User's Guide to Self. And what what is that? Um, yeah. It's essentially a very simple diagnostic tool where I ask someone, hey, you know, what do you want me to know about you? Three, three things, four things. What are your major areas for development? 
Um, how do you want to be rewarded or recognized? How do you prefer to communicate? You know, what's what's the order of things by email, mm -hmm. text, WhatsApp, whatever. <clears throat> um, what really bugs you? What what really bothers you? Right? Or what are your ideal working conditions? Um, those kinds of questions. It's it's non-confrontational. I'm not I'm not trying to pry. All I'm doing is I'm I'm asking the person what what do you prefer? Yeah. Instead of HR, I want to recommend to leadership that we get that for you, whether that's mm -hmm. at home in the office. So it's not expensive. It doesn't take much time. But when I give that kind of thought to it, and yeah, I share it with my teammates, right? They they know that it really irks me when someone leaves the window open in the office and like, yeah. okay, so just don't leave the window open. Yeah. Right. Um, things like that are, are very simple. They're totally free. And when you have team members sharing that, they actually they learn about each other and like, okay, I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, uh, you traveled to 35 countries. Wow. That's pretty cool. Like share some yeah. stories with us. What, yeah. what have you learned? Right. So right. you open up, instead of calling it a can of worms, you're opening up a can of chestnuts. You're like, huh, nice. look at that. That's pretty cool. Nice. Right. right. So when people get to know each other better, they're more likely to not have, you know, rivalries. They're more likely to see, to see each other as part of one team. Right. They're much more likely to do better work because, hey, someone cares. They're more likely to stay longer because, again, they feel like something is really good here. They feel yeah. like I'm working for people that care. That you, it is more than a team that you're influencing. It becomes mm -hmm. a community. And exactly. they recognize they have a part in it. And yeah, I think that's a brilliant tool and very easy because everybody loves to talk about themselves. We know that. And so your questions yep. are giving the individual the opportunity to talk about the subject they know most about, right? Or at exactly. least we, we ought to know most about. I love that. Ought to. Yeah. All these tools, everything that um, all my best stuff is in the book. Actually, I was I was like on purpose. I wanted anybody who gets the book to have all of these things. You know, That's awesome. Few people that are really serious about personal and professional development that want to implement this in their organizations, they can go and do it. You know, most people will say, "Oh, that sounds nice," and they'll never do it. Right, but if you create and it sounds like you have in your book if you create the the reasons the benefits you know if we think with uh, the cfo mindset the cost benefit analysis this is a, a really essential set of tools to uh -huh. be able to move into your career in a way where you you can lay aside those those negative biases and take up a way and a perspective of being able to to thrive, which of course, you know, everybody wants to be thriving and we all have different ideas of what that might be. And, and do you speak to that in the book? And then let me ask really the question I want to get after is what is your definition of what it means to thrive? Because, you know, we can't all, well, maybe we could all be billionaires. I don't think the world has enough money for that to happen. But anyway, what is your definition of thriving, Yuri? Great question. Um, I just I want to kind of um, wrap up the, the previous thing about organizations, right? So there's yeah. a different way to view organizations. You can view things by function, by department, mm, uh, by true. cost center versus, you know, cost drain. Uh, yeah, let's get away from the business school, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the way I look at 
organizations is through nodes. People are nodes, right? You have certain people within any organization that are really good at their work. They're operating mm -hmm. in a zone of genius, they're really good at it. They love doing it and they add massive value. And they're usually around mm -hmm. for a while. They're very reliable. They mostly happen to be women in my experience. <laughs> I'm just being frank. Yeah. And, um, you know, they are the ones through which everything happens, through which real change happens. There's either mm -hmm. adoption or lack of adoption. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I come into any, any new consulting client, my first priority is to meet those people. I meet everybody. I speak to everyone, but I quickly see who are those nodes. And then for me, that's the map that I build in my head. Okay, if I'm going to implement any sort of system, I have to get their buy-in, especially. Right. Because right. they're going to be the ones, they're usually, you know, managers, leaders, et cetera. They're going to be the ones that they, when it clicks, they're going to already have that established trust to tell yeah. their teammates, hey, this is why we're doing this. This is why it's good for you. Mm -hmm. This is how it's going to help you, not just the company. Right. right. So I, I look for internal evangelists, internal champions for what, what I want to implement. Yeah. That's when things really stick. That's that's when things really work as opposed Absolutely. to just, oh, crap, another five systems we have to use. Thank you yep. very much, buddy. Yeah. And how long is that going to stay in place until the next thing comes along that we have to start implementing? Yeah. Exactly. So back to your question that's about brilliant. thriving. Um, I, I want to mention the, the fourth layer because we're not quite up the that's mountain yet. Right. We haven't done yeah. that. Thank you. So the number four layer is your conversation with God or the universe. Okay. And here, here's where Kumbaya, like, you know, I don't want to hear Kumbaya. Like I'm not an evangelist. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody how to have faith or what rituals to do. That's not my business. I'm not here for that. But what I'm saying is every person has to have some reason. Why am I here? What is this for? Why did I have to go through all that trauma and craziness in mm -hmm. order to get here? If you don't yeah. have that, if you don't, I mean, ask the questions. You know, I, I, I don't know if uh, someone's tradition is very clear about that, if it's all about guilt and shame, like in Catholicism mm -hmm. and Judaism, perhaps. Right. Or it's something much more forgiving, you know, Buddhism. I, I, I don't know, right? It's not my business to assign uh, a way of thinking. I'm, helping people to sort of give them the tools for doing it themselves, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Not, not telling yeah. you what to think. Here's how you should approach the subject. Yeah. But all of us at one point or another, we need to feel like we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. Right. The corporation ain't it. No. It's just not enough. Right. No, it's not and, big enough. Yeah. And it's not enough to say, Oh, well, you know, uh, organic food is my spiritual. No, it's not, it's not enough. Or, you know, I light a fire on the beach and I, you know, uh, we have an ayahuasca session. Okay, that might help you. That might help you, but it's not enough. You have to ask these questions on a daily basis. Why am I here? What is this for? What is my meaning? What is my impact? How, how mm -hmm. can I create impact right. for the people that are my ideal clients or audience or what have you, right? And then what am I doing? Am I getting closer to that? Am I getting traction or am I creating distraction? Yeah. Okay. This is a Nereal's book, Indistractable. He talks a yeah. lot about this. Yeah. So we're we're up the mountain. Okay. Kumbaya. Great. Awesome. Right. Now we see the whole landscape. Does that mean the journey's over? No, it's just begun. Right. right. Now that you understand what order, you know, you're going up the mountain, you're you're checking your milestones. It's right. not like, oh, I'll do this once a year. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I'll just I'll go on my trip to India. I'll, I'll do that after. No, it doesn't work like that. Okay. Yeah. Now 
you can structure every single day of yours in a way that leverages what you've just learned, right? Whether that's time management, expectation management, whether that's dealing with other people, who, which people are meant to be in your circle, right? Right, and which people are meant to be not in your circle, right. or let's sing well for, you know, healthy biorhythms, things like that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, none of this is rocket science. It's a lot of micro habits that add up pretty quickly. Right. Right. Now there's this hot movement, uh, you know, BJ Fogg and all of this, like tiny habits, micro habits. Right. So, again, if you're going to do micro habits, you have to have that bigger picture. Like, why? Why so do I know need where this? you're headed? Yeah. And the, the reason for doing that is, is very simple. It's not just self-preservation. It's not just uh, longevity. No problem. Great goals. But you right. have to say, okay, why is it, simple question most people never ask, why is it that I want to live a long time in a mm -hmm. healthy life? Okay. Again, what's the meaning of life? No, let, let's go ask. It's, it's relatively straightforward in, in my mind. I want to be around, God willing, to 120 in good health so that I can impact as many people that I'm meant to impact in the, in the best net positive way through my work, through the channel, the energy that God gave me. Okay, so whether that's writing, speaking, coaching, consulting, what have you, okay? And it's up to me to be in the best shape possible, not just as a, as a role model, as a leader, so I can accomplish my mission to the greatest degree possible, to the greatest right. degree that I'm, you know, allowed to. That's why. That's why all these pieces have to be aligned. That's that's what energizes, mm -hmm. you know, me on the days when you know my my one year old is waking up five times and I'm I'm waking up like a zombie. <laughs> Those are the things that energize me, right? Because I I have to get right back on the horse. I've got to go back and coach people. I've got to uplift them. And I've got to, I've got to also make sure I'm in good shape because I, I can only be effective if I, it's not just, I practice what I preach. Yes. Yeah. But I have to be in good shape. I have to take care of myself if I'm going to go and take care of others. There's no, there's right. no compromise. That's, that's just how it works. So coming back to your question, what is thriving for me? For me, thriving is number one, checking in with each of those four areas and going up and down the mountain throughout the day. You know, mm -hmm. as you put in the more of these micro habits, they become second nature. It becomes easier. Let's say right. you, you wake up in the morning and you look at your calendar. You're like, ah, okay, there's, you know, I see exactly what's on it because I've pushed everyone and their mother to my scheduler. And I don't have to think about, oh, no, this and that, right? Because everything right. is coordinated. Right. Okay. One less thing. I manage expectations like, hey, you know, um, I, I tell my kids up front. I'm not perfect. I'm figuring it out. Don't worry if you don't have it figured out. It's fine. We're all learning. I'm learning from you. You're learning from me. Let's do this, right? So yeah. I'm not pumping yeah. them up to think that, oh, you know, Papa is, is this and that. They, they also abuse it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, right? It's, yeah. it's a balance. So thriving for me means I'm able to go up, up and down this mountain with relative ease. I have my life structured so that every single day I check in with these different elements, right. including the top one. The top one is the hardest because let's say, you know, you have to take time to, to pray and meditate. In my case, mm -hmm. I have to put on, you know, my phylacteries and all that stuff. Right. Um, and it seems like, well, how, how, how do you manage that? There's so many rules. 
yes, there are many rules, right? When you're observant in any religion, I mean, Orthodox Judaism is, is one of the most extreme examples, but for me, it's not like, oh no, you know, uh, it's raining all the time. No, I'm, I'm dancing between the raindrops. There's quite a lot of room between them. Yeah. Right. That's and great. that's, that's how ironically, even though I have, you know, so many obligations, so many things I'm doing, so many clients I'm working with, when you know what it's for and you, you structure your mm -hmm. life in a way that gives you room, yes, to breathe as well, <laughs> then right. rest right. as well, right? Right, yeah. You got the whole Sabbath thing, right, once a week. Yeah. So when when you structure your way in, in, in that manner, it's not balance, this mythical balance between work and life and, and yeah. family right. and friends. <laughs> There's no balance no. to reality. It's yeah. integration. There we right? go. So you have to, you have to know, like we were talking about this earlier. Imagine the the room between action and reaction, right? And you have a little pixel that pops out, and you can you can modulate your response. You don't always have to get super angry at the same person. You can stop and say, you know what? I'm going to set boundaries, and maybe I'll exclude that person from my life. But I'll, mm. I'm going to do something different, wiser, better. I'm going to do the one thing that will have will prevent the need for 10 other band-aids oh good right? yes so that's that kind of decision making and, and, right. and planning right i'll do that so that i'll eliminate the need for all of this other bs later yeah. okay so i'm going up and down the mountain but now most importantly it's not just for myself it's not just for my family for my kids you know i wrote this book for my kids and also for all those kids it could be in the third world could be in the u.s that are very smart and ambitious but Maybe no silver spoon in their mouth. They didn't grow up with financiers, lawyers, and doctors in their family, right? And they, right. they just, they don't know where to start. They they have some thoughts and ideas and they're usually very naive. Mm -hmm. they, they, haven't, they haven't been made cynical about the world. Right. For them, this is a guide that they can use and it's something they can really build upon in every area of their life right. to go as, as far as far as they want because they, they know the map, they know the roadmap, but most importantly, this is maybe the main reason why I wrote the book, aside for, for it being for my kids. There is no in, horizontally integrated life philosophy that I've seen anytime recently that really struck me um, as incorporating both ancient wisdom and modern context. Because mm -hmm. in the end, none of, none of this existence is about, oh, it's technology, you know, it's, it's, it's the evolution of our current world. No, it's, it's all of this is cyclical. You know, maybe the pace of life is faster, but all the same rules apply. All the same language and psychology principles are still there and they always will be. So not finding that horizontal life philosophy that's integrated, I, I just I had to write it down. That's that's really what this is. It's it's much more than just, you know, here is all about uh, time management. Like, okay, that's important and that's core, but like, why are you doing this? What is it for? How does it translate to the other areas of your life? I love that you have given so much context to essential practices, honestly. And yep. your, your foundation that you've laid and built upon and the idea of integrating all four levels throughout the day and not mm -hmm. just on a retreat once a year yep. or even just weekly. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, reflection over the week is, is a good tool, but you're challenging us, encouraging us and modeling for us that you can do this throughout the day. 
several times a day, I would imagine, depending on the circumstances. And all to the point of the uniqueness of the individual. This isn't a, a prescription, do this, then this. It's a model that you can implement in a way that I can implement in a way that I will come to my definition of thriving. Exactly. And I, I just love this, Yuri. This is awesome. I appreciate it. The last part, which is in some ways kind of the, the crowning point of all this. Okay, so your your own command, you know, that's it. Okay, I've got it. I've got it down. I'm up and down the mountain. Fantastic. But now the, the, the kind of mission part starts where you're bringing other people up the mountain, you're mm -hmm. teaching them, you're coaching them, you're mentoring them, you're, you're really just taking them up the mountain with you and saying, okay, you can see the milestones, you can see the areas you need to focus on, you know, yeah, you know, thinking about this as let's say, um, the four branches of the military. So let's say you need to urgently intervene your time management is slip because you had a kid a year ago and you've you forgot what sleep is like your time management is suffered so you know what bring in your your uh, there's a an image in the book of a drone a drone has four propellers right. these four areas are kind of like that the drone cannot fly or not fly very well if even one of them is not working right. it'll crash right so you need all four of them to stay afloat you can go all the way up to 30,000 feet. You can zoom in. You can send in kind of like a, a special forces unit down on that part of the mountain where an intervention is needed. Mm -hmm. And then you set up your life. You do your micro habits and then you zoom back out. Okay. So it's it's that kind of approach. Before you can go and, uh, you know, do, before you can go fight a war just uh, through special forces, you have to go and soften things up, if you will, in, in, we're talking about artillery, right? <laughs> right. You have to, again, understand what you're fighting about. What is this for? You can't fight a war without the greater purpose because you're going to mm -hmm. lose. The other guys want it more, right? Yeah. And then, um, again, once you've taken yourself through it, you've learned the strategy, you've learned the tactics, you've implemented them. Now you're a model for other people and you can go and fulfill your mission, whatever that mission is. You have to kind of, you know, this great quote from Mark Twain, the two most important days of your life are the day that you are born and the day you figure out why. <laughs> so once you figure out that mission, now you have a clear philosophy and, and set of strategies and tactics map and a roadmap in order to implement that. And you're taking others with you and you you again you don't teach them what to think you teach them how to think yes and that's that's maybe the the most important thing we can do for future generations whether that's our kids or our clients or anybody that's that's really what i'm trying to do here yeah and that is so needed so needed we we don't need to get off in the weeds about our you know american culture politically and other kinds of things yeah. but l helping people know how to think yep not what to think but how mm -hmm. to think critical thinking is essential for thriving in life <laughs> we could just we could just land it right there this has yep. been an amazing understanding first of all of your knowledge base and experience and what you're bringing into the world for the benefit of others i i love when people are offering in a way that you are the the concise consistent opportunities to move into your life, make change, mm -hmm. see it stick, 
and invite others into that process. What, yeah. what a powerful gift you are bringing into the world to, to be your own commander in chief. Sounds, sounds kind of, you know, I don't know, like, okay, here I go. I'm off to, you know, lead troops and things like that. But that is, is not the end game that you're talking about here. And I'm so glad that we unpacked it. I know that the, this listening audience is going to be encouraged and want to find out more, especially the connection that you have made with Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how it's, you know, just this ability within every day to move yeah. up and down throughout it all. Yuri, thank you so much for giving us the gift of your time and this great conversation. And I will, again, make sure that everybody knows how to connect with you and your book, especially, or your books, and, and be able to start to implement these practices in their own life. So thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Great conversation. That's fun. Thanks so much for taking time to be with me today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please head over to iTunes and like, subscribe, and leave a review. I know this sounds like a shameless plug, But honestly, your actions on iTunes are the best way other leaders like yourself will find this podcast. I really appreciate it. I would also love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Let me know what you learned or what you'd like to learn next. I'd like to invite you to go to letgoleaninpodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter there where it says learn more you can sign up to get a monthly newsletter that I share just the information from each of the episodes that you might not have had the opportunity to go back and check out the show notes. There'll be the highlights, the links, and other pieces of information that are pertinent to the podcast, as well as go over to Instagram and follow Let Go Lean In Podcast over there because I am starting to use that more frequently as a way to help you as a leader get to see some encouraging graphics and have a few posts each week to encourage you in your leadership. So again, thank you for going over to uh, Apple Podcasts and liking and subscribing and reviewing this podcast, as well as signing up for the once a month at the end of the month resource recap newsletter for Let Go Lean In podcast. See you next time.